Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to the Nutrition Diva Podcast. Today, I have the fourth in a series of episodes I've been doing in which we've been talking to nutrition professionals from around the world about their culture's traditional cuisine. So if you miss them, you definitely want to check out our previous episodes on traditional Indian, Colombian, and Japanese food and culture. And thanks to all of you who have written in to suggest other countries and cuisines you'd like to explore. For example, Katie wrote, I'm loving your series on the nutrition of different traditional cuisines around the world, and I'd love to learn more about Filipino cuisine. I lived in the Philippines for about a year, and I fell in love with the food. And I'm curious as to which parts of a traditional Filipino diet are healthy and which might be modified to make them more nutritious. Well, thanks for that suggestion, Katie. And joining me today to talk about Filipino culture and cuisine is Levin Dodamas. Levin was born in the Philippines and now lives in the United States. And although he originally planned to study nursing, he told me he was so fascinated by the coursework on biochemistry that he eventually switched paths to study nutrition instead. And Levin has now completed his master's degree in nutrition, and he's currently completing his dietetic internship, which will eventually result in his becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist. Welcome to the podcast, Levin. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me and letting me talk to the world about Filipino food. Yes, I've been looking forward to our conversation because, you know, I think that for a lot of people, Filipino food is much less familiar than perhaps other sorts of regional cuisines. So maybe we could start just with sort of Filipino food 101. Just give us a little bit of an idea about the traditional meals and cooking style of the Philippines. Yeah, so every Filipino meal would have these two main parts. You will have the rice, because it is the staple, as with really most of Asia. Um, and then we have what we call the ulam. So ulam is the general term for whatever is eaten with rice. This is usually a mix of like protein with, let's say, pork, chicken, and fish, and usually a variety of vegetables. It's not always just one vegetable. It's always a variety. There's always a mix. And we Filipinos, for some reason, we tend towards the the salty, the sour, and the pungent, which I know kind of sounds odd, but it's actually really good once you've acquired a taste for it. Tell us a little bit about how neighboring cultures in Southeast Asia have influenced Filipino cuisine. So in the Philippines, one of the major Asian influences that we have is not actually from Southeast Asia. It's more Chinese because we back in the day, and I'm talking, 
you know, centuries earlier, we traded with the Chinese. The Chinese influence that you see in Filipino food, you see noodle dishes, stir fries, the use of soy sauce and fish sauce. And we also have some dumplings, really similar foods with really similar names between uh, Filipino cuisine and Chinese cuisine. I think, for example, the sweet pork bun in Chinese is cha shu bao. And in the Philippines, we call that shopao, right? The Chinese have shumai. In the Philippines, we have shomai. <laughs> so there's really a lot of carryover from Chinese cuisine. It's really easy to see that in, in our cuisine. Uh, but with uh, with our Southeast Asian neighbors, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, we use coconut milk. We use a lot of rice. So rice cakes are common as well. And we also have, we also use shrimp paste, which is kind of this fermented ground up shrimp, and it's used as a as a seasoning. And it's this pungent part of Filipino cuisine that I talk about. But again, once you develop a a taste for it, it goes really well with a lot of sour fruits or really bland food. Well, when you talk about soy sauce, fish sauce, shrimp paste, the, all of those foods are naturally rich in glutamate. And we have a separate taste receptor for glutamate. And that's what we describe as umami or um, that savory quality. So I can definitely see the relationships between those and other Asian cuisines. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a great observation. And more recently, of course, there've been a variety of foreign and colonial powers that have had influence in Philippines. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, the Philippines was, uh, was a Spanish colony for over 300 years. And so you can imagine the, like the indelible print that they really left on our culture. The Spanish brought over cured meats. They brought over dairy and I would say even chocolate through Mexico. They brought over a lot of things that were not really common to the Philippines and we, we ended up with dishes that have Spanish names. So we have, um, say, embutido, which is kind of like our, our version of the meatloaf. We have the paella, which is kind of like a seafood and rice mix. We ended up with a lot of Spanish names for even some Asian dishes. For example, a congee, which is kind of like a rice porridge. In the Philippines, we call it arroz caldo, like hot rice in Spanish. And then there's another dish that my mom makes. It's called arroz valenciana, which is... Valencia rice and it's made with turmeric and some liver and some you know some other vegetables and I just look at it and it's like wow <laughs> that's really Spanish and and like I said you know there's some there's some foods that they brought through Mexico like tamales and chicharron one of the things that surprised me because I was like oh I thought it was just from Spain but these foods are actually of Mexican origin. That's surprising. <laughs> Quite a melting pot. Yeah, really, really a big melting pot. And, and I know everyone says that about their cuisine, but the Philippines really is a mix of like East and West, and it, they blend really well. And then speaking of the West, there's the Americans, because after about 1898 in the Spanish-American War, the Spanish handed the Philippines over to the Americans. And for about half a century, we were under American colonial rule. So Americans brought convenience cooking to the country. And we also have a lot of favorite American staples like fried chicken, spaghetti, pizza, ice cream, hamburgers, um, French fries, and some, and some canned goods as well, like Spam. Spam became really popular, especially around, around World War II. 
Well, when you compare the influences that Spanish and Mexican cuisine made to Filipino cooking and the contributions that American made, I'm not sure that we <laughs> brought much of uh, of health or nutritional value to Filipino cuisine. But as you say, maybe convenience. Yeah, convenience for sure. And you know, especially in during a time when there was a lot of poverty, canned goods were really critical in providing nutrition to to the people. And I think that's how spam started it was a it was an easy way to get protein in and it was you know it used the cheaper parts of the animals you know from a i would say a malnutrition standpoint that is actually better than having nothing absolutely yes context is everything there are over 75 million monthly tubi viewers that's more people than there are influencers on the internet which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation. More popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. So when you think more of the traditional Filipino diet, what are what would you consider to be as a as a nutritionist, as a dietitian, what are some of the healthiest aspects of that traditional Filipino diet? Oh, I really love that we have a lot of vegetables that go in our dishes. And like I said earlier, it's usually always a mix of different vegetables. So we have string beans, we have bitter melon, we have uh, bottle gourd, we have carrots, bok choy, the water spinach, the some squashes, uh, and really a variety of vegetables. And this is very common in the Philippines to, to eat a lot of these vegetables because they're cheaper and it is associated with a simpler life. And with a lot of Filipinos being poor and some that really can't afford a whole lot, uh, vegetables really go a long way. And also because we are surrounded by so much water. I mean, if you've seen the map of the Philippines, because of that, seafood is very common. When we were growing up and I was like, are we having fish again? <laughs> but but like looking back, it's like, wow, I'm actually really glad that my mom, you know, helped me acquire that taste for seafood. Um, I still I still eat seafood maybe more often than a regular American. Okay, so I have to ask, what would you consider to be some of the maybe the less healthy aspects of traditional Filipino diets? Well, well, for Filipinos, we love uh, fried things, uh, you know, fried pork belly. And there's a lot also stir fry. And I see some Filipinos using a little bit too much oil sometimes. And you can tell that in their food. Sometimes when we cook pork, 
we leave the pork fat in there sometimes so much so that when they when you put them in the fridge and you take them out it's so greasy um and and so for me you know growing up i didn't really think much of that but now you know having gone through my nutrition classes i'm just like ooh, saturated fat i gotta gotta get rid of that <laughs> but also we like the salty we like to have dipping sauces and the dipping sauce is usually soy sauce or fish sauce because it kind of adds another layer of flavor so what happens is some people just keep dipping their meat into the dipping sauce and you know that adds more sodium and honestly in the philippines i haven't seen a whole lot of low sodium products and even here in the states when i go to an asian store and look for our products i i'm not sure that i've seen you know a low sodium soy sauce or fish sauce and the filipinos you know understandably were in the states they would kind of tend towards those brands that they're familiar with so it's really hard to say hey you know i would encourage you to use low sodium soy sauce uh, the only low sodium soy sauce that i really know off the top of my head is picomat i think and then filipinos are like i don't like that soy sauce it's not my brand i mean i understand because to me there's a there's a difference in taste so yeah that's one of the challenges that we have it's like Yeah, it's like maybe we can use less or maybe we can use another brand, you know, if we're having health problems. Right, to limit that sodium a little bit. Yes. Okay, Levin, I'm traveling to the Philippines for the first time. I am an adventurous eater. What could I try in the Philippines that I couldn't have anywhere else? So there's a lot of noodle dishes. Some people might be familiar with pancit. It's like a fried stir-fried noodle dish with all kinds of toppings on it, but all over the country you have, you know, tens more um noodle dishes. And so I would really explore those. And there's rice cakes as well all over the country. Like I you would not believe how many things you could make with rice flour. <laughs> oh, so when you say rice cake, I was picturing whole grain rice formed into some sort of cake or patty, but you're actually talking about more of a baked good made with rice flour. Is that correct? Yes, mhm. And 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 maybe less baked but kind of like more cooked on a on a on a skillet or you know there are some that are boiled. Um but it's really all all kinds of rice cakes and it's like wow, you know, if for for a foreigner who's come to the Philippines it's like, wow, I didn't know you could do this much with 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 rice flour. Uh-huh. <laughs> and for the really really adventurous eaters, there's also a lot of options one is balut it's an underdeveloped duck egg and so when you crack it open there's kind of a little bit of the broth inside and you can see kind of like the 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 duck forming it's not even the egg white and the egg yolk and frankly some someone might take my Filipino card away when I say this but I'm not a big fan of it. It sounds pretty challenging for somebody who might not have grown up with that. Once you get past the idea that it's an underdeveloped duck egg, then it actually tastes like chicken. <laughs> you know, like poultry. It's like nothing too wild about the flavor. I I can understand why it's off-putting for some people. And we have we have street barbecues, so this, you know, these people would sell their barbecues on the street. And while they have the regular, you know, like muscle meats that they would sell, there's also a lot of other things that they put on this cure. We have uh grilled intestines, which are my favorite and I promise you it's so good if they cook it well. Um there's coagulated blood, uh which is actually I was surprised sweeter than I expected. I I, I don't know why I what I was expecting at first. There's chicken heads, chicken feet, pork ears. So you can really see that 
you know, over time, we really try to use all parts of the animals. And there's this belief that, you know, back in the day when the Spanish were in the Philippines, the Spanish would eat the main muscle, you know, like the, the muscles of the, of the animal, and they would throw away the innards. And the Philippines would take that and make something out of it. And even though, you know, it's like, oh, that's grass, would you eat that? I think it's also a testament to the ingenuity of the Filipino people. Absolutely. And there's also something to be said if we are going to use animals for food to respect them by using them completely and not wasting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I bet we've ignited some imagination and some curiosity among the listeners. So if people are interested in trying Filipino food, what's your best tip for seeking out and finding authentic Filipino food in the United States anyway? In the U.S., if you just Google Filipino food near me, then chances are, actually, if you're in a big city, then you will likely find a Filipino food restaurant. And it's almost always like a small family-owned restaurant, and it's likely very authentic. And if, and I guess that's one upside to, you know, not having a very commercialized Filipino food. You know, you can really get the authentic. You know, I would really invite other people to to try that out. And if you don't know what to order, ask the people that are working there. It's like, hey, what's a good starter food for someone who's never had Filipino food before? And I and I can I can guarantee people that they'll be really surprised with the flavor profiles that that they might find. Well, you've definitely inspired me to seek out a. Filipino restaurant in my area. I'd love to try some of the things that we've been talking about today. And those are great tips on how to zero in on uh, or how to order in a Filipino restaurant. So thank you so much for sharing your experience and your background with us, Levin. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I love Filipino food. You know, as a future dietitian in the few months, I'm really excited to combine my knowledge of my culture and science to really help my people and help other people appreciate my own culture as well. My thanks to Levin Dodamas for joining me today. And thanks also to Katie for requesting today's topic. I learned a lot. So where should we visit next in our tour of global cuisine and culture? As I said, I've already gotten quite a few requests from you, but if you'd like to add yours to the list, you can email it to me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com or call the Nutrition Diva listener line at 443-961-6206. The Nutrition Diva podcast is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips family of podcasts. My producer is Nathan Sems, my editor is Beata Santora, and our team at Macmillan Audio also includes Michelle Margulis, Emily Miller, Claire Freeman, and our director, Kathy Doyle. If you enjoy podcasts, please check out the other great shows in the Quick and Dirty Tips network. You'll find them all at quickanddirtytips.com. And please also check out my new podcast with Brock Armstrong. It's called The Change Academy, and we talk about designing and then creating the life you dream of. You'll find it wherever you listen. Thanks for listening today. Remember to eat something good for me. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Justin and so good. 
thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.